All right, guys, coming back to you. We are Wagers Ragers. It is week 11 in the NFL. John, I can't believe it's week 11 already. Jeez, this NFL season has just blown past us. But we are here, and we are ready to give you our prognostications. Sorry. Other predictors, prognosticators, whatever. As to how our teams are going to do in week 11 with both teams not on a bye. Everybody's back playing, Jets and Eagles. So if you haven't heard this podcast before, we are your co-hosts, Joshua, JT Buckner, myself. The state of JT. And of course, always joining me is John the Hedgehog. The Hedgehog. Donish. So we give you best analysis we can give you for our respective teams. I am a Jet fan, as I just said. John is an Eagles fan. Eagles coming off their first loss of the season. So we will analyze both of those games, and then each of us will give you an analysis of a second game as to how we think that game's going to go from a betting standpoint. Um, But more importantly, the Ragers part of Ragers Wagers is we will give you our track of the week, both being passionate EDM fans. So... Without further ado, with both of us coming from the great state of New Jersey, we are going to give you our analysis for Week 11. Jets-Eagles, both have our second games. We will reveal them in a few minutes. Um, But let's start it off with Week 11. Can't believe there's barely six weeks till the playoffs. Unbelievable. All right. So last week... John and I both uh, analyzed Falcons-Panthers. We gave you our podcast on Wednesday uh, prior to the weekend, prior to the Thursday night game, and we were both wrong. Uh, We we both thought the Falcons were going to win that game. Didn't happen. Panthers won the game. Can't believe it. Um, So we were both wrong on that game. Uh, My Jets were actually on a bye. So I had Vikings at Bills, Vikings getting three and a half points. Covered on that, Vikings actually were in Buffalo and won that game. So I covered on that game. Uh, John's Eagles, you know, I'll let John talk more about that game. But unfortunately, the Eagles lost to the Commanders in Philadelphia. John, how'd you feel about last week? Well, (laughs) the the biggest game of the week for me was that Eagles – Washington Commanders game and man that was a complete disaster for the Eagles 100%. The Eagles were 10 and a half point favorites at home Monday night division rival who they had crushed 24 to 8 earlier in the year. I said, you know, I think the Eagles are going to run away with this game. I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath and it was anything but uh, the Commanders really did have a great game plan. Credit them. They ran the ball right down the Eagles' throats. The Eagles' rushing defense has been horrible lately. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Um, but the, the Washington took advantage of it. Eagles' offense actually played pretty well. Uh, but in the end, there was just too many things that didn't go their way. And again, I'll get more into it. Uh, but I was wrong about multiple things uh, in, in that game, including the point spread. Uh, so so that was a complete and utter disaster of a game the only thing good i can say about it is okay eagles no longer uh undefeated maybe that you know 
uh, takes that issue off the table and they can just concentrate on the, 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 the games at hand. Uh, the other game that I took, I took the Germany game, the Seattle Seahawks at the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I did much better on that game. I liked the Bucks to, 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 to beat the Seahawks in Germany. The Bucks were, were given two and a half cashed on that. I liked Tom Brady over one and a half touchdowns cashed on that. I like Geno Smith over 21 and a half rushing yards cashed on that. Um, so overall sort of broke even as far as betting goes, uh, Eagles game was a disaster and that was kind of last week. So I'm definitely ready to move on. Yeah, actually I'm looking at my notes on, on the Eagles Washington game and I have two columns here and in the Eagles column with the Eagles laying 10 and a half points, I have John, I have the commanders column, um, getting 10 and a half points. I have myself. So, hey, I took the points. Would have been better if I took the money line, but I was never going to take the money line on that game, given how the commanders have been playing this season. I know with Tyler Heineke, it kind of um, rejuvenated a bit. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, like, uh, I didn't like laying double digits in that game. Um, the, one, the one prop that I did cover on, I took Jalen Hurts rushing yards, didn't cover on that. I know we've said – Week after week, that's always a good bet. But I did take Dallas Goddard anytime touchdown. Boom. He, I think, I believe he scored the first touchdown of that game. John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he did score the first touchdown for the Eagles. And then very quickly, before we just jump into Week 11, which is going to be in literally two seconds, on the college football front, I gave you four picks. I gave you Clemson uh, laying seven against Louisville at home. Cover. I gave you Penn State. Laying 10 against Maryland at home, cover. I gave you Tennessee at home against Missouri, laying 20, cover. And I gave you Illinois, laying six and a half at home versus Purdue, did not cover. Give me a 75% on college football picks. Again, week after week, I am your college football savant. I have two picks for you later on in the podcast. All right, week 11, let's go. Let's go. Let's jump right into week 11. Probably, if not, one of the biggest games the biggest game of the week. John may disagree with me. Jets at Patriots. The New York Jets, six and three. If they win this game, if they win this game, they will be in first place in the AFC East. Not just the AFC East. The AFC East, which is the best division in football right now, hands down. Some might argue the the NFC East is the best division. I'm going to beg to differ. I'm going to say the AFC East is the best division right now in the NFL. Jets are getting three and a half points going up to Foxborough. Over-under is 38 points. Money line is plus 150 on DraftKings. You got to lay 115 uh, if you want to take the Jets or the Patriots in this game. All right, this is a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Jets should not have lost at home versus the Patriots. But for Zach Wilson throwing the ball to McCourty twice, and I remind you McCourty is from the great University of New Jersey, that is the Rutgers, Scarlet Knights, they would have won the game. The Jets would have won if Zach Wilson just needs to understand and understood at the time that it's okay to throw the ball away, throw it out of bounds. Or at worst, to take a sack. 
don't throw the ball to the other team. And that's what he did in that game. And that's why they blew their lead that they had against the Patriots. They lost to Mac Jones and their backup, I think, played a little bit as well. But Zach Wilson has done better. He had a great game last week or, or two weeks ago, I should say, against Buffalo that resulted in a win. Uh, Jets are doing something that I have not seen in years. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They beat Miami. They beat Green Bay. They beat the Browns in a miracle. I said it last time, and I'm going to say it again. The last time the Jets played the Patriots, they had lost 12 straight against New England. Uh, New England just has their number. Right now it's 13 straight wins, but guess what? That streak ends on Sunday. And I'll say it again, a win against the Patriots puts the Jets in first place in the AFC East. Wow. Can't I, I, I bet this – so before the season started, I took Jets over five and a half wins for the season. I've already covered on that. I took the Jets over two divisional wins for the season. Right now they beat Miami and Buffalo. Another win today, and I cover on that as well. Keys to the game, no turnovers by the Jets, specifically Zach Wilson. Stop throwing the ball to McCourty. The defense has to just bow up. They have been phenomenal um, this season. Make Mac Jones try to beat you. Stop the running game. And just solid defense by everybody on the field for the Jets. And that goes from defensive line. Quinnen Williams is having an all-pro year. Uh, C.J. Mosley, linebacker, having a phenomenal year again with a million tackles. Sauce Gardner, maybe the defensive rookie of the year, along with D.J. Reed on the other side playing cornerback. The Jets' defense is just playing phenomenal. When you look at their defensive stats, Jets and Patriots, basically top 10 in all defensive categories. So I can see this being a very low-scoring game, but I like the Jets getting three and a half points. In fact, I like the money line. I'm going to take both. Uh, so I like the Jets to win this game, go to seven and three, end up in first place in the AFC East. Real quick, two props. Tyler Conklin, tight end for the Jets, seems to be a favorite target of Zach Wilson. I like his over receiving yards, 25 and a half, minus 120 on DraftKings. And Zach Wilson, he's going to get pressured by New England uh, this week, uh, this weekend on Sunday. So I like his over on rushing. It's only 11 and a half. On DraftKings, minus 110, I'm taking Zach Wilson over rushing yards. John, any thoughts on Jets, Pats? I'm going to stay away from the over-under. It's only 38. Could go either way. I like a tight game, but I'll take the Jets, the points, the money line, and those two props, Conklin and Wilson, over receiving, over rushing. John, thoughts? Go. I- I'm with I'm with you on this one, man. I, I can't believe that you know we're calling a, a Jets-Patriots game. And we're both going to go the Jets way. I mean, listen, I think a lot of it boils down to Robert Sala has changed the culture of that team from a coaching perspective. Joe Douglas has gotten a lot of talent in there. I'm still not sold on Zach Wilson, but I think the way they structure the offense minimizes his mistakes. And the fact also that the point spread gets you over that three-point hump, three and a half points to me is huge. I would not take the money line. I, I, I won't go quite that far, but I'll take the three and a half points on the road there. One other quick pop prop that I have here. This is just a, a quick a, a hunch that I have here. And I think, think I've said this a couple of times. Zach Wilson on DraftKings 
over 11 and a half rushing yards. I think it's minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm going to take that. Zach Wilson up and down as far as rushing goes, but in two uh, in his, two of his last three games, he's gotten 24 yards on the ground. And more importantly to me, last week, five attempts, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four attempts before that, five attempts, four attempts before that. He's taken off here and there. This Patriots defense is still formidable, uh, put up a a lot of uh, points uh, in, in, in the first game. So I'm going to follow on that as well. Zach Wilson over 11 and a half rushing yards. Love that one too. So I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, and with the addition of James Robinson after Brees Hall went down with uh, with the knee injury, he's started to really assimilate into the the offense, and uh, I think he's going to have a pretty decent game, and he may end up being the number one running back for the Jets over Michael Carter. So a lot of lot of ground game this week for the Jets, which they've done uh, over the last couple of weeks, but I still see Garrett Wilson getting involved in the offense so long as Zach Wilson. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over. So, yeah, I love the Jets this week. John, how about the Eagles? Who do you got this week? All right. The Eagles this week travel to Indianapolis to play those Indianapolis Colts. You know, at one point in the last couple of years, we thought, you know, I guess you might have thought that this would be the the Eagles coming back to 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 go against Carson Wentz and Indy. So much has changed over the last year. They've had their Carson Wentz revenge game. It happened against the Commanders earlier in the year. Unfortunately, the Eagles are coming off their second matchup against the Commanders. Um, last week, like I just talked about, it was a complete disaster. The only thing you can take out of it as an Eagles fan was that a lot of things had to go wrong for the Eagles to lose the game, um, uh, including, you know, there was one several points where it looked like the Eagles were about to take control of the game and something just went wrong. Like Jalen Hurts hits Quez Watkins on a dime on a 50-yard pass, and then Watkins inexplicably fumbles the ball. Dallas Goddard, one of Jalen Hurts's number one targets on the year. And I, I've been saying week in and week out that I think that this he is right on the precipice of becoming possibly the best pass catching tight end in the league. He goes down with an injury on a horrible face mask, gets taken down to the ground by his face mask ends up fumbling the ball as a result. So the commanders get the ball there, but the, the officials completely missed the call. Don't call a face mask replay show. There's an official looking right at it. One of the worst calls I've missed calls I've ever seen. And on top of that, Goddard is now hurt and out for at least a month. He's on IR. So a ton of things had to go wrong, including the end of the game uh, with the Eagles about to get the ball back with a chance to, you know, potentially pull out the come from behind win. Taylor Heineke on third down essentially takes a knee, uh, but uh, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham uh, basically hit him anyway. You know, it, on, on the replay, it's, you know, I guess it's questionable as to whether or not he was giving himself up. I thought during the game, it looked like he was. Uh, so that was a bad move by Brandon Graham. So a bad game all the way around, but as relates to, this week's game, the biggest the biggest issue that I see coming out of last week is the injuries. The Eagles, uh, of course, losing Dallas Goddard is huge. Uh, also, Marlon Tulipoloto, defensive tackle, he went down. He's on IR. Both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were shaken up during last week's game, but I think they're both expected to play. Uh, and like I said, they are traveling to Indy to play the Colts. The Eagles are still giving seven points on the road, a minus 115 on DraftKings. 
Colts, on the other hand, had coming off a huge victory. Jim Ursay, the the uh, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, who a lot of times I'm not sure where where that guy's coming from, fires Frank Reich a couple of weeks ago uh, after the Colts were, have been uh, disappointing so far in the year, and then hires Jeff Saturday off the couch <laughs> to come in and coach the the Colts. Uh, I think I heard on on a ESPN or NFL Network that it was the he's the first individual in 60 years to be hired as an NFL head coach with no prior uh, NFL or college coaching uh, experience. So of course, what happens Saturday comes in uh, Matt Ryan gets reinstalled as the starting cornerback and the Colts go to Vegas and win the damn game. Uh, They really, you know, brought it back to basics. Jonathan Taylor had 147 yards on the ground on 22 carries. Um, so the, the Colts are flying high Eagles coming off a loss. So it's an interesting scenario coming into this week's game. Uh, and I gotta be honest with you. I don't have a great feeling about it. You know, the, uh, it's, you're pitting, you know, the Eagles biggest weakness run defense against the Colts biggest strength, Jonathan Taylor and their rushing offense. The Eagles have been brutal against the run. They're only 20th against the run overall, but they're 31st in EPA allowed per handoff from coverage.com and have been absolutely gashed recently. Uh, They gave up 134 yards on the ground to Dallas, 144 yards on the ground to the Steelers, 168 yards to Houston on uh, Thursday, two weeks ago. And then last week, of course, the big 152 yards on the ground to Washington. Um, part of that may be scheme. The Jonathan Gannon uh, defensive scheme for the Eagles does seem like, you know, give up the, not to give up the big play is sort of the, the goal there. But injuries have certainly played a role. Like I said before, uh, Marlon Tulipoloto injured and on injured reserve. Uh, first round pick Jordan Davis, who is their best run stuffer, uh, was injured several weeks ago. He's going to be out for this game, out for at least a couple more weeks. Eagles really sorely need him to come back. But in the meantime, there are reinforcements on the way. Eagles just this week signed uh, two-time Pro Bowler Linvale Joseph, defensive tackle, and also just the other day, Ndama Kung Su joined the Philadelphia Eagles as well. So the Eagles have some more bodies in. But again, these are two guys that are just being signed off the street, two older veterans. Uh, I can't, even if they do play this week, and that's sort of up in the air, I, I presume they'll only play a small percentage of the snaps just to get some other bodies in the rotation there. But uh, overall uh, it doesn't bode well that the Eagles rushing defense is going against Jonathan Taylor, who may be the best running back in the league Uh, on the other side of the ball. Eagles deep offense obviously has been high flying all year. Even in the loss last week, Eagles offense played well. They just didn't have the ball that long and they're going against an indie defense, which is really fantastic. One of the strongest units across the league. They are top 10 in both uh, rushing and passing defense. And again, I just cannot overemphasize the impact of the Dallas Goddard injury. I think that is huge. Goddard was uh, hurts a safety blanket. He's a guy that gets yards after the catch. He's a guy that scores. You are correct. He did score. It was actually the second touchdown of the game, but he scored on a jump pass from uh, Jalen Hurts. The ball was actually thrown a little bit behind him. Goddard makes a great catch. The Eagles aren't going to have that benefit this week or for the next month. So I think overall, I'm not going to bet this game. Um, I think the Eagles could pull it out. But my advice, I think the betting advice is you take the Colts, who have some good mojo going right now, uh, with a veteran quarterback back at the helm, with the offense streamlined, 
Jonathan Taylor playing a big role. No Dallas Goddard. Um, I think you take the Colts, you take the seven points at home. I think that's the bet. A couple of props here real quick. I am going to go back to the well here. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushing prop only down to 42 and a half. I was hoping it was going to go sub 40, to be honest with you. Um, he hasn't really had a ton of rushing yards over the last month, really hasn't even cracked 30 yards, but he's still averaging about 40 yards a game on the year, even with that bad stretch. And my theory here is that with Dallas Goddard out coming off a loss, I see Jalen Hurts trying to take a little bit more of the load on his back and taken off. So I'll take Jalen Hurts over 42 and a half rushing yards. Uh, also AJ Brown, obviously the Eagles biggest, addition in the offseason he's been fantastic on the year his reception prop on DraftKings is five and a half catches at plus 130 fantastic juice uh and while this uh this uh, over under five and a half is under his average he's averaging just a shade under five catches a game sort of a similar theory with Dallas Goddard out who is Jalen Hurts going to look for I think besides relying on his own legs, he could look for A.J. Brown. So I like A.J. Brown to go over five and a half catches. Uh, and one more on that in that regard, uh, with no Dallas Goddard, who else could we have as uh, an outlet for um, uh, for Jalen Hurts? And I'm going to go with Kenneth Gainwell here. This one's a little risky because the Eagles want Kenneth Gainwell to be their pass catching back, and it just hasn't happened. You know, he's had far too many drops this year, but the Eagles keep coming back to him. I could see them coming back to him on a couple of plays this year. You know, the rush coming in and Hurts uh, has to dump it off to a running back. You take a look on DraftKings uh, for receptions. Kenneth Gainwell is sitting at one and a half, only one and a half receptions at plus 120. Great juice. So I'll take that as well. Last one I got, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, again, last week, he absolutely fantastic. 147 yards on 22 carries. Eagles uh, defense, rushing defense, has been really, really porous um, this year. So I've already taken Jonathan Taylor's rushing prop. As you might imagine, it's up there, uh, 85 and a half yards. But I think he's going to crush that this week. It's minus 125, so not great juice. Uh, but that's what I'll take. So overall, I think the Eagles coming off a loss, you know, uh, licking their wounds. I think this is going to be a tough game. They could pull it out. But I think the bet is you take the Colts getting seven points at home. You take Jonathan Taylor against that porous Eagles rushing defense at over 85 and a half rushing yards. And then just, you know, looking for the props that are going to fill the Dallas Goddard hole. Uh, Jalen Hurts over on rushing 42 and a half. A.J. Brown over on five and a half catches and then shot in the dark. Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half catches at plus one thirty. Uh, I'm going to go the other way on this game. I think the Eagles are going to be really pissed off that they lost to the uh, commanders last week. They're, you know, laying seven points. I know it's an Indy. I know Indy's coming off a, a win last week, I believe, against the Raiders with Jeff Saturday's first game, pulling him out of the announcer's booth to uh, be the head coach with actually no coaching experience whatsoever. Um, you know, you looked at this game probably in the beginning of the season or even at the end of last season, and you would have thought this was sort of a, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a rematch game, but a game against, you know, former, uh, QB, former coach. So Frank Reich was the, either the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh, Wentz was hurt. I get it, but he was, he was healthy at the beginning of the season when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but no Wentz. No Frank Reich right now, 
But I think this is a bounce back game for the Eagles. And I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to cover that seven points. I think they're going to beat the Colts by probably 10 or 14 points. I just don't see the Colts as being a very good team. I think Jeff Saturday got a little lucky last week. Uh, so I like the Eagles. I'll lay the seven points. So I'm going to disagree with you on this game. Um, two props and one interesting uh, interesting thing I heard on the radio, and it might be a little bit of a dig to two uh, icons of the radio industry, but props first. I love Jonathan Taylor in this game. The Eagles rush defense, like you said, he's not good. But instead of taking his rushing uh, total, I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor over rushing and receiving over 110.5 rushing and receiving yards right now, minus 115 on DraftKings. And I'm going to use sort of the same logic uh, that you did with Dallas Goddard being out. Who is Jalen Hurts going to throw the ball to? I'm not going to go with Kenneth Gainwell. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. I think out of the slot, he's going to have a good game. No Dallas Goddard as an outlet. I think he's going to use Devontae Smith this week. And so I like Devontae Smith over 58.5 receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And my little dig at these icons of the radio, I believe Mike Francesa and Chris Mad Dog Russo do some kind of podcast together. And they referred to the Commanders as the Commodores. And I didn't know that Lionel Richie played <laughs> for Washington. So thank you, Mike Francesa. And thank you, Chris Mad Dog Russo, for a good laugh when you refer to the Washington Commanders as the Washington Commodores. Go Lionel Richie, dancing on the ceiling. Go Eagles, fly Eagles, fly. Cover the points, taking the Eagles, laying the seven. All right, John, any last thoughts on Eagles, Colts? Well, I did. I did not know about that little uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Commodores thing from Mike Francesa and Mad Dog Russo. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know those guys were doing any kind of podcast back together. Of course, they were. You know, Mike and the Mad Dog for many, many years back in the day. Uh, you know, maybe their their theme song is you know Brick House or something like that. But listen, I hope you're right, man. From your lips to upstairs, uh, I hope the Eagles do uh, come out and and really reinforce their dominant dominance here i just i've seen them you know throughout this year and i've seen some of the weaknesses and i think some of those injuries might start to take their toll but you know we're going to find out we're going to find out what this eagles team is really made of uh certainly starting this week man for sure for sure all right so um on to game two as an ode to our um compadre mike coza caracoza i am going with the giants again this week giants against the lions Giants laying three points. Uh, I thought the spread might be higher. Over-under is 45. So very quickly, if you've watched the Lions at all, you know their defense is just absolutely putrid. The Giants offense, though, not totally explosive. But the resurgence of Saquon Barkley has propelled them to a 7-2 and record. With Dallas looming in the future on Thanksgiving Day, the second game on Thanksgiving, Giants-Dallas, should be a great game. Uh, while the Lions' defense is terrible, their offense, for the most part, has been very good. In fact, the Lions have won the last two of, uh, of their games, and they've actually won four – I'm sorry, and four of their losses have only been by four points or less. On the flip side, the Giants, five of 
their seven wins have only been by six points or fewer. So one would think that this is going to be a tight game. Probably the reason why the line is only the Giants getting three points. Uh, Daniel Jones has had, I don't want to say a great season. I think he's had a good season. And most, and, and the reason why is because he's managed the games and he's not turned the ball over. But his stats from a passing perspective are not great. He's only averaging 159.6 passing yards per game, which does not make you an elite quarterback. But he's only thrown two interceptions. He has thrown for eight touchdowns. He's also rushed for uh, three touchdowns along with 387 rushing yards, which is second on the team. Behind who? The NFL rushing leader, again, Saquon Barkley with 931 rushing yards this season. Last week, the, the Giants totaled 191 rushing yards against Houston, which is the worst team against the rush. And guess who's second worst against the rush? That's right, the, De- the Detroit Lions. They're giving up 160.9 rushing yards. So I see this game being probably pretty similar to the game last week against Houston. Uh, Giants covered last week against Houston. I see the Giants covering again this week against the Lions. I don't think this is a trap game. I don't think this is a look-ahead game to the Dallas game on Thanksgiving. I think the Giants are focused. I love Brian Dable as their head coach. So I see the Giants winning this game by more than three, probably a touchdown because they really don't win games by a whole lot. So give me the Giants laying the three. The over-under is 45. I'm staying away from that. Although, you know, the Lions have been in games where they've lost 48 to 45. I believe that was against the Eagles. And But they've also been in games where they lost 30 to nothing and gotten shut out. But I see the Lions offense actually playing pretty decent. Uh, but the Giants defense is going to control them to a point where they cover that that three-point uh, point spread. Only one prop from this game that I like, and that's Daniel Jones, who's second on the team in rushing, as I had said before. Daniel Jones' rushing total right now is 36.5, so I like his over on the rushing total, minus 115 on DraftKings. So that's where I see this game. Giants laying three, take uh, lay the three points, take the Giants. They're going to go eight and two. And then it's going to be, you know, a great game on Thursday on Thanksgiving against Dallas. Uh, going for, I guess, you know, competing with the Eagles for uh, a possibility of being in first or second place, depending on how the Eagles do this week. And hopefully they win for your sake, John. Um, but I want to see a great game next week against Dallas. But I think the Giants need to get past the Lions, and I can see them doing that by at least a touchdown, if not more. So lay the three with the Giants and take Daniel Jones over rushing yards. John, any thoughts on Giants, Lions? I'm sure Mr. Caracosa would agree with me on everything I just said. I think he probably would. I'm going to go the other way, though, and maybe this is just because I want it to happen this way. Uh, Lions getting three on the road uh, at the Giants. When I first looked at the game, I'm like, all right, that's a Giants win. But considering, yes, they have the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, I think it this really could be a, a trap game for those uh, New York Giants. And I think maybe they could look a, look ahead a little bit. Uh, Lions, a little bit of mojo going on right now, coming off uh, a, a couple of big wins after uh, losing a bunch in a row. Uh, I, they're not, there's no give up in, in that team either. So I, I'm going to take the Lions here getting three on the road. All right. 
that being said, I'm going to move on to my next game here, my second game of the week, and that is going to be those Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, everybody saw it coming off maybe the game of the year at Buffalo last week. Minnesota pulling out the 33-30 to victory over uh, those Buffalo Bills. Uh, going to eight and one Minnesota Vikings. Now one of the best teams in the NFC, of course, again, for the Vikings, a lot of things had to go right in that game for the the Vikings to win. You know, they were down two touchdowns, I think in the, uh, in the fourth quarter, Josh Allen had to have the fumble on the quarterback sneak. Justin Jefferson had to have one of the greatest catches of all time. And then you go from there, Vikings pull out the 33 to 30 victory. Dallas Cowboys, on the other hand, coming off a loss to the Green Bay Packers. Cowboys also had a big lead in the fourth quarter before giving it up. Again, they had a, there was a point in that game where it looked like the Cowboys were taking complete control uh, of the game. Uh, and Dak Prescott just had two pretty bad interceptions. Uh, the Packers kept fighting back, and Christian Watson caught three touchdowns as the Packers ended up winning that game in overtime. Um, so now we come to this game, and it's like, all right, who are the Minnesota Vikings really? They've won seven games in a row. They are still getting two points at home, minus 110 on DraftKings. Dallas Cowboys on the road, coming off a loss, giving points to the Minnesota Vikings. And my first thought, is there something wacky with this line? What's going on here? And I started doing some research and checking around. It just seems like the betting sharps are not buying this Minnesota Viking team. They're really not. Uh, and my first thought was, let me take the Vikings coming off a huge win over Buffalo, getting points at home. Let me go with the Vikings. I mean, the more I started looking at it, though, the more I started started thinking about going the other way. Again, Vikings having a really great year, 25 approximately points per game and allowing just 21.21 uh, points per game and cruising to an 8-1 and one record. Dallas has had like kind of a wacky year because Prescott goes down for the injury earlier in the year. Cooper Rush comes in, you know, and the presumption being at that point is that, you know, the Cowboys are going to have to come back um, from a, a potential hole while Rush, is a, while Rush is their quarterback. That didn't happen. Uh, Rush performed admirably, and the and the Dallas Cowboys pulled out I think uh, four out of six wins, while uh, while Prescott was out, they sc scored only twenty one point four points per game while Prescott was out. Since but with Prescott, they're scoring twenty six points a game. But either way, the defense has really been the heart and soul of this Dallas team on the year, giving up less than seventeen points per game. Uh, that's Dallas defense leading the league in sacks. Uh, still talking about that Dallas defense. Dallas is just so good against the pass. They're number three overall. I would expect the Minnesota Vikings to try to slow the game down, win the time, win the 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 time of possession battle by running the ball because Dallas Cowboys only 29th against the run, giving up 143.1 yards a game. Uh, so I took a look at injuries. Cowboys have a couple of question marks here. Anthony Barr listed as questionable with a, a hammy. Anthony Brown was in the concussion protocol the last time I checked, although he was a full participant in practice. He just has to clear the concussion protocol. For the Vikings, the biggest question was their left, left tackle, Christian Darisaw. A left last, last week's game with a concussion was in the concussion protocol. He's PFF's highest-graded offensive lineman in football. Uh, checking this morning, the final injury reports, Darisaw does not have an injury designation. It looks like he's cleared the concussion protocol and will play. That's huge, huge, huge for the Vikings. I think this is such a close game. 
I think the odds makers have got this uh, right as far as calling it so close. On, on Like I said, on DraftKings, Vikings are getting two points at home. On FanDuel, they're only getting a point and a half. Uh, and I came into this game thinking that I would take the Vikings, but this one's so close. I got to go with my gut. I think the Cowboys coming off a loss to the Green Bay Packers go into Minnesota, pull out the victory. Uh, Minnesota, yes, they had their signature victory last week against Buffalo, but again, a lot of crazy things had to go their way for that to happen. If you take a look at their wins, Minnesota, uh, other than Buffalo, doesn't really have a signature win on the season. I think Dallas is the better team, so I think you take Dallas, you go to FanDuel, you give the point and a half, Dallas is the bet. Uh, I got a bunch of props here. I'll try to run through them as quickly as I can. See a prop, take a prop. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, averaging almost 81 yards on the on the ground uh, per game for the year. But he's averaging over 92 a game in his last three. Uh, had 119 yards on the ground last week. Like I said, Dallas, the one weakness on defense is rushing. Uh, and I would expect the Vikings to try to keep Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, and company off the field by running, running, running. Dalvin Cook's prop on DraftKings is 79 and a half. I'll take the over on that. Bit of a hunch here. Dak Prescott's rushing prop is 12 and a half rushing yards. I'll take the over on that. He only had six yards last week on the ground, but he had 34 the week before. And he's, you know, carrying the ball four or five times a game. I think that could be enough to, to get the over on that 12 and a half. You take a look at what the Vikings, the Vikings have done against rushing quarterbacks. Again, I know this is fudging it a little bit. You wouldn't really call Dak Prescott a running quarterback, but he can move with the ball, of course. Last week, Josh Allen had 84 yards against the Vikings. A couple of weeks ago, Kyler Murray had 60 yards on the ground. Justin Fields had 47. And then there was a couple of quarterbacks, uh, Heineke and Bridgewater, both had uh, 10 yards each, but neither of, those, neither of those guys are really rushing quarterbacks. So I like Prescott to hit the 12 and a half over. CeeDee Lamb one of, has performed recently as one of the top receivers in the league he's averaging 78.4 uh, yards per game through the air the minnesota vikings defense they're 29th against the pass so give me cd lamb over 76 and a half receiving yards at minus 120 and on that same note my last prop is i think dak prescott hits his uh passing prop over 250 passing yards uh, i think he hits that Take that on DraftKings. On FanDuel, it's actually 255.5. So give me Dak Prescott over 250 passing yards. Give me CeeDee Lamb over 76.5 receiving yards. Give me Prescott over 12.5 rushing yards. And lastly, give me Dalvin Cook over 79.5 uh, rushing yards. Close game in my mind, but I think Dallas pulls it out. So take Dallas and give the 1.5. Yeah, you know, when I looked at this game, I saw the line being – Dallas getting two points at Minnesota, a team that's only lost one game this season. But in my mind, something has to give. I mean, Minnesota should not have beat Buffalo last week. They did. Signature win of the year. But I think there's going to be a letdown this week. And Dallas coming off a loss, I know that they're on the road and getting two points or one and a half, depending on which site you go on. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go. I'm going to take Dallas this week and, and uh, lay the two points. I can see a nice three-point win. By Dallas, a team that I really despise, even though I'm not an, an NFC East uh, a guy, but I just can't stand the Cowboys. It's like rooting for, you know, the Lakers or, you know, teams like that. Although I'm a Yankee fan and everybody hates the Yankees. <laughs> I was going to say the Yankees. <laughs> uh, I just, I can't stand the Cowboys. I can't stand their fans, but I'm going to take Dallas, laying the two points, uh, winning this game against Minnesota and then going into that, 
you know, big head-to-head matchup on Thursday on Thanksgiving against the Giants. So I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the Cowboys laying the two. Um, I'm also going to agree with you on Dalvin Cook. But I, I have two other props. Not his rushing total. I actually like his rushing and receiving like I did with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Dalvin Cook rushing and receiving right now on DraftKings. Over 99.5 rushing and receiving yards. Minus 120 on DraftKings. And Dalvin Cook rushing attempts over 17.5. Minus 110 on DraftKings. I think Minnesota is going to run the ball. Again, that's one of the weaknesses of the Dallas defense, although their defense has been um, very good this season. But I see a lot of Dalvin Cook this week. So whether it's his rushing total, which you like, um, or whether it's his rushing and receiving, which I like, and his rushing attempts, I think there's going to be a lot of Dalvin Cook in this game. So give me those two props, and I will take Dallas as well, laying the two points. Uh, Any last thoughts, John, on Dallas at Minnesota? Just from the perspective of an Eagles fan here, it's kind of like whatever happens in that game, you take the good out of it. If Dallas ends up losing, that's good for the Eagles from a division perspective, because I do expect that the Eagles will be fighting both the Giants and the Cowboys for division supremacy for the rest of the year. Um, uh, But if Dallas wins and Minnesota loses, probably even a little bit better for them because the Eagles and Vikings both have just one loss. And that number one seed this year is so important for the NFL playoffs because the number one seed is the only team that gets a buy. So that's huge. So whatever happens as an Eagles fan, you take the good out of it. All right. So before we go into the last phase of our podcast, which is our tracks of the week, I'm going to give you two real quick college football nuggets. The first one is a has a sort of Rutgers University flair to it, and that is the Boston College Eagles. They are on the road at Notre Dame, a team that I cannot stand. I tell people, for college football, who are the teams that I root for? I root for, of course, our alma mater, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and anybody that's playing Notre Dame. So those are the college teams I root for. But in this case, Rutgers beat Boston College up in Boston College. And guess who's terrible this season? Rutgers. They are just pathetic. They should have beat Nebraska. They should have beat Michigan State. They lost to both of those teams after a promising start uh, of a 3-0 start. They are now 4-6. and six. They need to run the table. They're playing Penn State today. But if Rutgers can beat Boston College, Notre Dame can beat Boston College. And they're probably going to beat them big. Notre Dame is laying 20 and a half points at home against BC. Lay the 20 and a half. Notre Dame in a route. Notre Dame beat Clemson, um, who was in the top four or five at the time. So lay the 20 and a half points with Notre Dame. Hate pick, taking this team, but when I looked at the at the schedule this week, that was the, one of the games that stood out to me. And the second college football pick I have this week, Florida State laying 24 points at home against Louisiana Lafayette. So Lay the points with Florida State. Take a big win for them. And, of course, Notre Dame, big win against BC at home. Those are my college football nuggets. John, why don't you take us away with your track of the week? Yep, I am ready to go this week. And I'm picking uh, a a track by an artist named Beltron. Beltron, B-E-L-T. 
R-A-N. He's a Brazilian producer. It's a tech house track called Smack Yo. Uh, it came out in, I believe, September of this year and was actually Mr. Beltron's first ever number one on Beatport. It is a fun tech house bouncy song that I really dig. Uh, so check it out. Beltron, Smack Yo. All right, so I'm going to kind of go with, maybe some might think this is a pretty funny direction to go in, but being a Rutgers Scarlet Knight fan and just watching them lose games, game after game after game. I mean, they barely beat Indiana at home on homecoming. They lost in a crushing defeat against Nebraska. Should have beat Michigan State. Don't know what Shiana was doing at the, at the end of that first half. So to me, while they sit at the bottom of the standings, um, in the Big Ten, in their division, along with Indiana. I mean, they probably should be under Indiana, even though they beat them. But they're sitting there lonely at the bottom. Lonely again at the bottom of the standings. So, this track, this is a song for the lonely. By who else? She is now close to being in her 80s. The one and only Cher. Song for the lonely. Song for the lonely Scarlet Knights. The Thunderpuss remix, Cher, Song for the Lonely. That's my track of the week. So, John, without further ado, we will bid everyone goodbye and see you next week for week 12 of the NFL. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. For all of you followers and listeners, we shall see you next week. Good luck. Adios. Bye-bye. Later.